Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Tuesday, August 16th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynes, the Guardians split a doubleheader with the Detroit Tigers, uh, winning the opener uh, thanks to Andres Jimenez and a late three-run home run and uh, dropping the nightcap uh, as uh, the bullpen uh, let the Guardians down, uh, tie game in the sixth inning. And uh, back-to-back home runs given up by Eli Morgan. Uh, Guardians still two games up in the American League Central Division after the White Sox and Twins won on Monday. But uh, now is when things uh, start to get a little tight. Uh, two more games against the Tigers uh, remaining on this uh, this series. And then a big weekend series ahead against the White Sox here at Progressive Field. Yeah, definitely, Joe. It's going to be fun. It's, uh, you know, it's it's a race. You know, it's a three-team race. Uh, the White Sox have won four straight. Uh, the Twins won last night. Um, and, uh, you know, it's uh, it's going to – it's 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 going down. It's coming to the stretch run. And, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Cleveland uh, just responds. All these young players respond. All of a sudden, they're the hunted instead of the hunter. And, uh, you know, now the uh, expectations start to grow. Well, I, I mean, there's something to be said for these these guys are, are you know, they're in the nightcap last night, there were five rookies in the starting lineup. Are these guys too young to know any better, uh, you know, that that, that this it, thing should be different when they're in this sort of uh, situation in this pennant race? Are they just too, too young to get nervous about it? Uh, you know, they're already nervous about just being there in the first place. So it's it's, it's kind of like second nature. Yeah, and they're all together. It's like the Triple A team has been, uh, you know, just moved up uh, I-75 I to uh, to uh, Cleveland. You know, it's just, uh, you know, the, they're, you know, they know each other. They're familiar with each other. So I think that helps, too. A guy like uh, Xavier Curry can come in to the locker room and looks around and, you know, he feels like he's back in Columbus. Well, the one thing about Xavier Curry, he uh, he could look behind him last night and in the starting lineup was Will Benson, uh, a guy who he actually played Little League ball with, uh, you know, as a, as a youngster. Uh, he said from the age of seven, the two of them were playing on uh, on teams together. Uh, and, you know, it's kind of comforting to be able to go out there in your first big league start and, and have a guy who you've grown up playing with uh, playing behind you in center field. 
Uh, both of you have about a, about the same amount of experience. Uh, you know, Will Benson only played in, you know, a handful of games before Xavier Curry made his his debut. But Curry goes out, gives him five innings, uh, gives up three runs. He'd actually uh, held the Tigers to a, a, a run until his last inning in the fifth where he gave up two. Uh, but, you know, an inning away from a quality start. And, you know, he looked like he looked the part. He looked like he belonged out there on a major league mound. Yeah, he certainly did, Joe. He looked uh, he looked calm, cool, collected. Uh, you know, they kind of dinked and dunked him for those, you know, in the fifth inning to tie it up, really. Uh, but uh, I thought he looked great. And, uh, you know, it's it's. I think, you know, maybe we're seeing a guy that, you know, if, you, you know, if you – if you need a spot start, let's say there's a no, what they have one more doubleheader to go this year. Maybe we, we, you know, we see it. We've seen a guy that, Hey, can come up here and give you, you know, five to six innings and, uh, you know, keep you in the game. Uh, you know, we've, they've been through a bunch of guys, Pilkington, uh, you know, so uh, we've gone the uh, opener route and uh, now maybe that, maybe they've got an arm here that that can uh, sustain them. Yeah. He was, uh, he was saying how, uh, before the game, obviously Tito gave him the the standard talk about how you know this first start won't define your career, uh, won't make or break you, and that kind of thing. He said that that kind of made him feel calm. Also made him feel calm that a bunch of his guys from Columbus actually made the trip up to Cleveland and were in the stands to watch him because they had an off day. Uh, every all the minor league teams are off on Mondays, so uh, that was an opportunity for for them to come up and, and cheer him on. Uh, he said that made him feel at home as well. Yeah, that was really cool. They showed all the uh, Clippers, uh, you know, sitting in the one section of seats. Uh, that was that was, you know, that that says a lot about uh, I think the the organization's culture, and it all says a lot about Curry. You know that you would make that two two and a half hour drive to see your buddy pitch. Yeah, and uh, Rigo Beltran from uh, from Akron was also up. He was in the dugout with them. Uh, you could actually hear from the press box. You could hear. Uh, that section of Clippers players cheering really loudly throughout the whole game. Uh, I, I kind of leaned out a couple of times just to look and see who was making all the ruckus and, you know, come to find out it was, it was the Clippers. That's uh that's really nice. And that even goes back to, you know, 2020 during the, the pandemic season when Nolan Jones would come up and, and watch Tristan McKenzie from the, the rooftop across the, the street yeah. there, uh, the parking garage. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a great uh, culture, I guess, and it, it sort of speaks to the culture that the Guardians have have sort of fostered there, and uh, you know, great to see. Uh, unfortunately, uh, even though Andres Jimenez hit his second home run of uh, the day in that game, uh, the Guardians couldn't uh, pull through. Uh, Eli Morgan, as we said, came in in the sixth inning with a tie score, uh, gave up back to back home runs to Jonathan Scope. And uh, to Detroit rookie Kerry Carpenter, uh, his first major league home run and first major league RBI. Uh, Morgan, uh, over the last 10 or so outings, has has really struggled. 15 hits, uh, a handful of uh, earned runs. I think his, his ERA is up over eight over his last 10 outings. Uh, just has not looked the same. Uh, how are they going to fix Eli Morgan and get him fixed while he's still pitching in situations that are, are important to this team down the stretch. Yeah, Joe, that's, uh, you know, this guy has been on a wild ride, man. He started the year shaky. Then he had that great run where he had about 10 scoreless appearances. You know, he's striking everybody out. He took over the eighth inning for Tito. 
Now he's, you know, he's on a, uh, where I've got him at uh, 10 earned runs over his last seven and a third innings, uh, giving up three home runs. You know, you see, the big thing is he can't keep the ball in the ballpark. You know, it's like it's an all or nothing performance from him. And, you know, you give up home runs late, seventh, eighth, ninth inning in a close game that that, that usually those are game deciders. You know, they they take you out of the game. So uh, I don't know what you do with them. Maybe they've got to send him down and, uh, you know, let him try to get straightened out. But there's not a whole lot of time uh, left in the. Uh, well, I guess they, they do play into September now, don't they? At, at yeah. AAA. So maybe you could you could do that and, and get him to get him straightened out because yeah, you've got to, I think that's pretty much the only option right now. If they, they want to get him back uh, in time to make a difference late in this, uh, this playoff push, uh, it, it would also free up a spot to, to bring up one of the other uh, young kids and, and keep him around and maybe give him a chance to pitch a little bit, uh, maybe like a Peyton Battenfield who you had uh, on the roster in, in Toronto. Um I, I I don't know. It, it, Morgan needs to develop a third pitch, and he's needed to develop that third pitch for a while now. He's not. It, guys are just sitting on the changeup. That's the that's the pitch that that Scope hit out of the park, and you could tell he was hunting it, and you could tell uh, you know he was he was trying to lift it out of the ballpark. He knew a, a changeup was coming, and he went down and 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 got it. And uh, you know, give him credit, but that's on Morgan if he, if if he if he can't be effective with just the two pitches, then he needs to develop a, a third pitch and a way to get guys out. Yeah. I saw him throw a couple sliders yesterday and the one was, you know, they, the, a couple were okay, you know, so he, maybe he's got to, you know, learn to do, do that. I mean, as a starter, obviously he had to have more than two pitches, I've, you know, and now when he, when he made that transition to the bullpen, you know, you probably reduce the number of pitches you throw, and you know what? What are your most effective pitches? Fastball, changeup, uh, and it worked for him for a while. But you know, people make adjustments, and he's got to adjust back. Yeah, Tito. Every time he's asked about uh, Morgan, keeps talking about Morgan's fastball as as one of the reasons why he hasn't been effective. He says lately that fastball has been leaking back in towards hitters. You know, as opposed to uh, you know having that good ride through the zone. Uh, and and you know sort of moving in in a in a different direction it's 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 moving uh arm side and it's moving into the right-handed hitters and that's why they're getting uh a, a little better look at it and a little better uh contact uh he's given up some some really hard contact on that fastball and it's it, it's just not been the same as it was early in the season so uh i think uh one of the priorities right now has got to be getting eli morgan straightened out and whether that's in AAA or, uh, you know, finding spots for him in big league games to, to come in and pitch, uh, his confidence has to be just shot right now. So uh, you start by by building him up in that way. Yeah, and, and the one thing, the one good thing is Karen Check has come in and kind of taken over that eighth inning, that seventh, eighth inning, and he's pitched really, really well. You know, after a couple shaky starts, uh, appearances, I should say. He's, you know, he's what he's pitched. Uh, he hasn't allowed a run in the last t- uh, 10, 12 appearances. Uh, he looked and he was good again uh, yesterday. All right. Uh, as far as the offense goes, we mentioned Andres Jimenez, uh, just the, the run he's been on uh, over the last couple of games here. But, uh, you know, yesterday he goes out there, hits a, a home run in the first game that, that basically uh, decides that game. And then comes back. He was. He's been. He's the first uh, 
uh, Cleveland hitter to homer in both games with a doubleheader since uh, Jose Ramirez in 2019 against Texas. Uh, he's he's hitting, you know, 441 with two doubles, two home runs, six RBIs, and four stolen bases over uh, his last nine games, uh, nine-game hitting streak in that span. Five of those games are multi-hit games, uh, and and he's playing all-world defense and just looks every bit, you know, it's almost like, uh, you know, him becoming an all-star and starting in the all-star game was sort of an affirmation for him, and now he's just sort of taken that and run with it. He's one of the best players in the American League right now. Yeah, he is really, uh, as you pointed out in your game story, Joe, he is really dangerous, what, from the seventh inning on. It's like, you know, why would you even pitch to this guy? And uh, he just crushes the ball. And, you know, it's it's and, and it's big situations. It's, you know, they, the hits put you ahead. What, what four? He's got four. Four go-ahead four. home runs this year. In the set from the seventh inning on, that's uh, that's amazing. So, uh, you know, he, he's just fun to watch. And, you know, this is a guy that, you know, you're going to build the middle of uh, the infield. You know, he's a foundation piece in the middle of the infield. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the way he looks not right now. And, and I think there were a lot of questions about him coming into the season. I mean, I think you knew that you had him there at second base to start the year. Uh, you, you didn't know if you were going to move him around, move him over to short. If Rosario didn't didn't sort of uh, recapture what he had last year, uh, there there were a lot of questions about Jimenez coming into the season, and he has answered them and and then some. Uh, he re- he really makes that Lindor trade look really good when he performs the way he has. Yeah, you know the combination, the package, you know Rosario and Jimenez. I mean, you couldn't ask for a better, you know, a better deal if you're if you're trading a franchise player. You know that they, they uh, Cleveland did all right on this, and you know, really, you know, the, the initial kind of shock value of the deal. You know, we who who knew with Jimenez, who knew with Rosario. You know, I talked to a couple scouts. They liked Rosario's. You know, they liked his his offensive side. But they didn't, you know, they questioned some of his defense. You know, him and Jimenez, you know, not too much was really known about him, you know, and, and, but uh, obviously, uh, you know, Cleveland knew a little bit more than everybody else and, and made a heck of a deal. And, and that's, you know, this, we can say that even though Lindor's having a, you know, just kind of a big, big year for the Mets. Yeah. He's having a Lindor year for the Mets. It's been sort of under the radar because the rest of the team around him is so good. But really, uh, Jimenez and Rosario, uh, along with Ramirez, have, have have carried the Guardians this season, and uh, they're they're not doing too bad for themselves. You talked about defense there for a second. Uh, Ahmed Rosario, uh, you, you know, was was always thought that the defense was always thought to be the weakest part of his game. Uh, you know, and there have been stumbles and lapses and and whatever, but he's he's really worked hard at it. You could see that he's worked hard with Mike Sarbaugh. Uh, the infield coach, and that he's improved tremendously. Uh, oh, just over the course of this 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 season, uh, combined with the way Jimenez has been playing defense, uh, you know Jose Ramirez is always pretty solid. the The Guardians' defense as a whole, you've got outfielders who can throw anybody out, leading the league in assists. Uh, they're a pretty good defensive team. I think they're ranked second overall in defense uh, in baseball. Yeah, the, you know, it was solid, you know, on the infield. 
you know, Straw really makes a difference in the in center field. You know, we kind of saw that in the second game where Quan and and uh, Benson had that miscommunication on that drop that, uh, you know, I'm not sure exactly what happened on that, but, uh, you know, and then, uh, you know, um, Gonzalez drops a ball, but it didn't hurt him. But still, uh, you know, that, that was, uh, you know, the, the uh, that was the aberration that, you know, uh, you know, they've really been well, steady defensively. You just named three rookies and, you know, that was five yeah. rookies in the starting lineup. Uh, and, and that's, you can understand that. Now, I, I guess you can kind of live with that. I think if Straw were out there in center field in that situation, that might have been a little different. Right. Uh, obviously, Brian, it's no consolation to Brian Shaw, who got, you know, tagged with those runs. But uh, by then, the the damage was pretty much already done. The uh, the, the home runs that Morgan had given up had had put um, the 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 Tigers out in front. It was uh, it, it snapped actually a seven game winning streak against the Tigers uh, for Cleveland that loss. So they had pretty much handled their, uh, their business after looking so awful against Detroit uh, back in July. Uh, and, and there was a stretch there where, where Detroit actually went on a, a good six game run uh, against Cleveland. So uh, the, the games against the Tigers are coming to a, an end uh, uh, one tonight, one tomorrow, and then you don't see them again until next season. Yeah. You know, and the Tigers have uh, proven to be uh know some some very very they've been very very competitive what i think uh cleveland has a nine to eight lead with two games left like you said joe uh the um and uh so i mean it's it's you know you they've really got to take care of business these next two games these are important games and uh but uh you know yeah. detroit has had just one of those nightmare seasons Lots of injuries, but they play well against Cleveland. Yeah, you want to feel good about yourself heading into the weekend series against the uh, the White Sox at Progressive Field. Uh, speaking of feeling good about yourself, uh, Aaron Savali has to be feeling good about himself after uh, going out there and giving them, uh, what, six strong innings. Uh, and I, what I believe he, he uh, set a, a, a career high, not a career high, he, he – 10 strikeouts in the game, uh, in the opener in game one. Uh, I think it was just the second time he reached double digits in strikeouts in his career in a, in a single game. Uh, did it in six innings and and looked just masterful doing so. Yeah, he really moved the ball around. Had a great breaking ball, curveball. Kind of threw it whenever he wanted to. And, uh, you know, three hits, one run, six innings, like 10 strikeouts, like you said. Uh, you know, that was an impressive performance, especially just a second time off the uh, injured list. Um, you know, that's encouraging. Hopefully he can continue that and, you know, really fill that hole in the rotation. Yeah. And Tito said he was after what two pitches into the ball game and he was in the stretch uh, and they really sort of jumped him. They ambushed him early uh, coming out aggressively, swinging at, uh, you know, pretty much everything. And, and he locked it in. I think, 16 out of 18 batters retired after uh, the the RBI ground out by Harold Castro in the first inning. That uh, was uh, it was pretty impressive the the little uh, run that he went on, uh, and it gave the Guardians' offense a chance to sort of regather itself against Drew Hutchison, uh, and and Jimenez came in uh, and facing uh, Andrew Chafin, uh, you know, took him deep, and it was a uh, it was fun to watch the, the the young players, the the Guardians, Stephen Kwan and Will Benson, 
and Tyler Freeman all react to uh, Jimenez's home run in the dugout. They, the video saw the, uh, saw them jumping on each other, really sort of getting into it. It's, uh, it's a real good feeling uh, when you see the, the players all pulling for each other like that. Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun shot. And uh, I thought Benson was just going to put uh, Quan on his shoulder and kind of walk around it. I mean, Benson is yeah. so big. <laughs> that, that, that was funny. That, and, and Quan looked like he was up on the rail, top rail, cheering uh, cheering him and his on. And that was a left on left, too, right? Home right. run, right? Yeah, so- that's the other thing about the you know, what Jimenez has been able to do this year. Uh, split. He's He's reverse splits. He's been able to be effective against left-handed pitching. You don't have to platoon him. You can leave him out there against a lefty starter and not worry about him. Uh, he he takes what he's being given offensively, uh, and and you see him against a left-hander. He's he's got a lot of that Josh Naylor approach to him uh, that he'll dump a ball into left field if you're giving it to him, and that's that's what he'll do. Uh, also, want to mention Naylor did exit the uh, the ball game in the second game of the doubleheader. Uh, he he sort of looked like he tweaked his his right ankle uh, on a play, a ground ball to first base where he flipped the ball to uh, the pitcher covering at the bag, but then sort of hobbled after the play. Uh, he was going to bat in the next inning, but, uh, you know, when Jose Ramirez ended the inning with an out, uh, Naylor didn't go out for the, the top of the, the following inning. I think it was the fourth. Uh, so, you know, something to keep an eye on. Tito said after the game, uh, they didn't think that they were too concerned about it. It's just something they have to monitor, give them a couple of extra days uh, to sort of work through it. But uh, that means you're you're without Josh Naylor in your starting lineup, at least for the next couple of days. Yeah, that's not good. It's, you know, Naylor's coming off a good series against Toronto where, you know, really played well and uh, drove the ball well. And this guy, you know, he run, he drives in a lot of runs, Joe, and uh, they need him in that lineup. But, but you know, I think they knew going into this season that there were going to be some, you know, stretches where he just needed a break with that ankle. Right. Uh, I'd be surprised to see him in the lineup uh, tonight or tomorrow because then you get the, the day off on Thursday. You could buy him three straight days of rest. And then maybe have him back for uh, for Chicago on Friday, uh, depending on who the the starter for the the White Sox is. All right, Hoinsey, that's going to wrap it up for today's edition of the base, uh, Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. We'll be back again uh, tomorrow with another edition uh, as we uh, look to 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 see how the the Guardians stay in this race and stay uh, try to stay in front in the American League Central. All right, Joe. 